0: it's a really rad anime yes okay a show a movie like what what are we talking about (laughs) yeah
1: it is a show but it does there is also a couple movies i think they have like three movies
0: i just i know it's a sweatshirt that shannon wears that i (laughs) make fun of him for it's
1: a sweatshirt yeah the show the movie the sweatshirt do you like
0: do you like, go to church today or something justin your hair is looking all like super uh, done up and
1: no i i just took a shower and didn't hat <laughs> you're to like it. you're <laughs> like
0: no no it's clean that's the only the thing <laughs> And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 240, recording April 24th, 2023. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we're going to discuss some Nintendo Indie World Direct. You know, our man on the streets has got the news stories for you. Uh, We're going to talk a little uh, Hi-Fi Rush news, and then we've got a fun discussion. Destructoid came out with a list that we're going to toss around. And I have disagreements. I have thoughts. You know who else has thoughts? Shannon, hitting the bedrock. Mark.
2: Yeah. High energy, high energy, high energy.
0: Uh,
2: I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. Mm. Are they relevant this week?
0: I don't know. Are some of the moonshine based?
2: I I tell you what the moonshine did this weekend is it tore up my guts.
0: Also, uh, I don't. Remember you having many thoughts after you consumed the moonshine.
2: Now, listen, it wasn't like I had a lot.
0: It wasn't like you had a little.
2: <laughs> I had some sips. You did. You did. But it wasn't the worst shape.
0: No, no, you weren't. And that was unfortunate. Um, someone else, <laughs> someone else took the... That was unfortunate? <laughs> well... It was unfortunate because, uh, our lovely host, uh, was in the worst shape and I felt bad because, you know, she invited all these people over and it was a fun time and the kids were running around and having a great time. And, and she was not, uh, but our, uh, our, our good friend, Carlos, uh, was there to take care of his lovely wife and, uh, and it was a still a fun night. I just was sad that uh, she, she could not partake.
2: So when somebody else like gets a little too sauced and mm-hmm. is under the weather, it's sad. But when your boy has a four loco and is out of commission for cocaine bear, it is.
0: Well, it's Well, let me tell you, there's a subtle difference. Um, My understanding was this thing the last weekend, this little get-together, soiree, if you will, was, um, you know, so people could get together with their kids that haven't been able to get together for a while and have some fun and eat some barbecue. Uh, Whereas the night in question uh, regarding Cocaine Bear, I believe the point of that was to get you fucked up. I mean, am I wrong? Let's bring in our other coast. Justin, I took an error to the knee. Carter, Justin, you were there. Am I wrong?
1: See, I think I agree with you because... From my understanding the fact that shannon started out well for loco like when you start name dropping for loco that <laughs> mm-hmm. immediately you just admit that you just rear-ended somebody yeah. like you just <laughs> accept full responsibility at that point
0: you, you just turned yourself into the cops it's yeah. it's over also that uh that you know war of 1812 whiskey you were drinking that <laughs> That's yeah. the one that really did you in. You know, like that's the part of the story you <laughs> always leave out is how you were drinking whiskey for four straight hours and then drank the four loco.
1: Well, so Shannon had Coors Light, the War of 1812 whiskey, and four loco, <laughs> and the three of those in his stomach. I guarantee if we had x ray to zoom in and look, it would look like in science class when you have the water, vegetable oil, and whatever in the fucking beaker <laughs> and you see it all separated in the tube. That's what your stomach looks
0: like. Now, now let's let's put it in context for the people that are listening to this. You know what it's like. You ever go into Total Active Battle Simulator and just make <laughs> like five different armies that all have like murderous <laughs> intentions and horrible weaponry and send them at each other? That's what was happening in Shannon's liver. That's That'd pretty
2: much how I envisioned it. Like the Coors yeah. Light walked in there and was like, Oh, huh, this is a nice place. And then the War of eighteen twelve came in and just like <laughs> put the hell out of him for a little bit. And he was like, Oh man, and then like the War of Eighteen Twelve was like, This is my house, and then Four Loco came in and was like, who doggy, we're gonna wreck some shit. And yeah, they
0: the just- four, the four loco was <laughs> the like T Rex that my kid made with like <laughs> saw blades for hands and like, you know, all that stuff, rocket launchers.
2: Like, those people when you were growing up, when they came to the house party, you just knew the cops were going to get called, like,
1: five minutes after they were there. Like, that was, yeah, that was the four Yeah, Where they walk in the door and announce to everyone that if the cops do show up, I will bail within three (laughs) minutes of them showing up so you know what you're signing yourself up for.
0: (laughs) Uh, Good times. But no, there was was Moonshine Had, there was uh, other... Beverages to be had. My, my Our friend Carlos is one of those uh, people that seeks out the unique cans of beer. So there were many unique uh, one-off type cans of beer consumed that evening. Uh, it was... Uh, being a sober person at this event, it was interesting. It was interesting to watch it just slowly descend. And Shannon's a lovely bride at one point, looks at me and is like... I think we need to pull the trick, the pull the parachute on this one. Like yes, yes, we do. I,
1: dude, oh, bro, dude, I was yes not that bad. Dude, Zach's like, dude, two tickets to the aquarium, and he's just watching it all was, the drunk fish floating yeah, yeah. around everywhere,
0: <laughs> upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was time to Skip go
1: to because
2: that. it was like ten o'clock at night, and my son needed to go to bed. That's why it was time ty- time to pull the ripcord hey, on the hey, thing. Hey, Justin, Justin, it was like eight thirty. It was like 830. <laughs> it was like 8:30, uh, and Shannon even, was, even if it was 8:30, <laughs> it was still an hour and a half past his bedtime. It was 8:30. Hey, hey,
0: oh, go ahead, go
1: ahead. No, I was just say it was 8:30, and Shannon's using his house keys to unlock Carlos's house. And like, <laughs> All right, guys, we need to go.
0: Um, I will give Shannon's boy credit though. He uh, got his hands on a Mercedes that evening. And swing by and picked up my girl, and they were they were cruising in the backyard in the Mercedes in the Mercedes truck. It was pretty rad. I've got photos. It is awesome.
2: They uh, like it is. uh, It is great that a lot of our friends have kids that are the same age uh, because it does make for a very easy transition for us all hanging out.
0: Uh, His son was. Feeling himself, let me tell you, <laughs> confidence has never been higher for that young man. Than, Dude,
2: his than, swag level is on point when uh, he has a power wheel,
0: power wheels, and and a pretty girl next to him. He was he was rolling deep, deep. Justin. He got deep. his bow
1: tie on. He's like, Babe, Dane Cook, twenty minutes, <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn!
2: Nah,
0: no, but it was a fun night. It was. It a was. Fun night. It was good times. How was your uh, how was your Sunday? Shane?
2: Mine was fine. It was very low key. So one of the things that happened on my wedding night was okay.
0: Don't need the details. No, no, I wasn't going to go
2: there. All right, that's fine. So one of the things that happened on my wedding night was my work van got broken into. Uh, so. I had to go get it fixed um, because somebody tried to cut the locks off the back to see if there were any power tools in the back and then decided once there was nothing of value to steal in the back of the car, because I've been on a job for like two years, that um, they were going to try to steal the whole van. So they pulled out every single wiring harness in the front of the car because apparently they watched too many Gone in 60 Seconds uh, you know, movie excerpts and um, ended up just destroying the van. Um, so I had it towed. Uh, one of my coworkers workers was uh, nice enough to kind of spearhead that while I was on my honeymoon. Um, and when I got back, the van was still uh, not ready because apparently there was another like um, there was a, uh, a recall uh, for the drive shaft. And since it's a safety issue, they had to order the part. And it's mm. going to take like four weeks for the v- part to come in. So it's probably going to be like five weeks before I have a company vehicle again. Um, so I had to call and get a replacement or a rental. Um, The Hertz Rent-A-Car by my house um, that my company told me to go to did not have any trucks. So Hmm. I got a Tesla Model 3
0: to drive around
2: in for uh, four to five weeks now. Um, So I'm learning all about that, Um, learning how to charge this car up and the ins and outs of owning a car like a Tesla when you don't have the set up to take care of a Tesla. It's a little frustrating. So Sunday, I went out and sat in the car while it charged and then brought it home and sat it outside. And apparently there's some bonus features on that car where it always tries to keep the car at an a, a comfortable temperature, even if you're not in it, just in case you do need to get in it. Okay. So I spent my Sunday charging the, the car and then finding out that my car is now draining the battery by itself (laughs) so when i got in the car this morning to go to work i had like enough charge to get to work and then i had to find someplace in the city to try to get it to
0: charge so that's that's great yeah good times it's it's fine it's (laughs) fine are you liking the car other than the charging
2: Look, I'll tell you right now, technologically speaking, that car is awesome. And the all electric motor, like when you step on it, it goes for it's like it's like space balls when they hit ludicrous speed and like everybody just gets like sucked way back when you step on the gas the, or I mean, you can't even call it gas, the accelerator. Um, it um, yeah, it's got a lot of get up and go like nobody's passing me. Let's put it that way. Like if I do not want to be passed, I will not be passed. Um yeah, electric vehicles are torquey. Yeah, you know, it's right? yeah. it's fun, um, but yeah, it, it's it's all right. I mean, that's basically what you're paying for, right? I mean, it's an expensive car,
0: but so it's, it's of, fun. That's kind of my thing with cars in general. After a while, it's all diminishing returns. Like, I don't care what kind of car it is. After a while, it's just your car. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And like, you know, the, the creature comforts, um, like it's it's simplistic, but yet kind of a pain in the butt to get it to do what you want it to do, because it's just like one touchscreen with like a right. 100 different menus on it. Um, so it can be a little daunting to try to figure out how to turn off the uh, independent climate control inside the car or, you know, try to get cruise control set up when you're on the freeway and you don't want to step on the gas for an hour. Um,
0: you're like, bro, I'm just trying to change the radio station. What is going on?
2: Yeah, and the fact that you know you have to have everything through your phone or like a credit, like basically like the Tesla runs either on a credit card that is in your wallet or off of an app that is on your phone. There's like no mm. key, right? So you know, it's a little annoying. Um, there's no way to really turn off the car when you're inside. Um, there's like you basically wave the key in front of the little sensor on the side of the car. Or basically your phone just goes out of range of the car and then the, you know, the car turns itself off. Um, so the only way you really know if the car is on or off is if the mirrors are in or out. If the mirrors are in, the car is off. If the mirrors are out, the car is on. Um, so there's a lot of looking at your car to make sure that it is actually in the state that you want it to be in. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's it's all right. Takes all right. some getting used to. Justin, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, my weekend was pretty pretty chill. Uh, I was telling Shannon before the podcast that it's been about two weeks since we gone grocery shopping. So we were out of damn near everything. So we had to go to the grocery store today after work. And that was a fun like $230 grocery trip bill since we were out of so much stuff.
2: Now, did you go to the grocery store hungry? They yes. had no food. Of course they did.
1: Yes. Well, I, I mean,
2: that doesn't I'll- mean you can't go to like Chipotle before you go to Safeway, right? Fair.
1: Uh, no. fair so, fair. so I was, I was like moderate. I wasn't starving. I was moderately hungry, but I knew going in because we were recording tonight. I was like, I'm going to do something quick and easy for dinner. So we picked up like a fries, like eight piece chicken with some potato salad and Hawaiian rolls Eat. and stuff. And of course I got that like right when I walked in. So as I'm walking around, I'm smelling that chicken. the entire time, <laughs> And it drove me mad. i was like frothing at the mouth like picking up spaghetti noodles and shit like dude i just want to bust this shit open like right here and start i'm surprised you
0: didn't have you ever done that just like start eating in in the grocery store hell yeah such a power move
1: (laughs) i have i've done it not like in recent like the closest thing i can think of in recent memory that i've done is when i go to the like deli at fries and stuff and i get like a new lunch meat and it's one Mm -hmm. that i tried before i'll sit there and like get a slice of the meat and the cheese and make like a little rollito with it and start eating that
0: and then you put your hands on all the merch it's good stuff you know covered in (laughs) lunch meat grease
2: so like what was what was the one thing that you were like super excited to buy at the grocery store this week
1: so one thing i was super dude this this is fairly telling i guess for my age i don't know but like for a month cuz like every time we go I always forget to put it on the list and I keep forgetting it but when I make a pitcher of tea I've grown to enjoy like fresh lemon or lime like mm-hmm. squeezed into my tea and I keep fucking forgetting lemons and limes like the only time we ever really get lemons or something like that is if we're doing like shrimp tacos or like something like that but if we're not doing that then we don't usually have that and so I constantly forget to add it to the list. And as I was literally walking towards the registers, I like stopped and I was like fucking lemons. And I had to turn around and I grabbed them real quick. And I was like, thank God, dude, if I forgot it again for like the fourth week in a row, I was going to lose it.
0: Now, nice. Now, do you do the like cocktail thing where you take the lemon twist and put it in the tea as you drink it? Or
1: I usually just do I'll do like a good hearty squeeze above mm-hmm. the tea. And I try to do like a pre squeeze into the sink to get like two or three fucking seeds that are gonna pop out of there so they are yeah. not floating around because there's nothing worse than I like to also eat the ice at the end, so mm. I hate it when I eat eating ice and all of a sudden you got a seed in your mouth. Don't like it, so
0: now yep. now you know Shannon and I work with our hands cause I'm never squeezing a lemon because goddamn <laughs> that's how I find every little cut that I've picked up that day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
2: yeah, it's just an exercise in agony. Uh, so, yeah, I, I stay away from that. I'll just get I get the I get the pre-squeezed jar of lemon juice and then I just squeeze that in
1: there. I did grab that as well, because so in case I forget lemons again, whatever, I don't have to fuck with them. Like, yeah, I just got the juice right there. Just do a little into the glass. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Man, this is a boring ass intro. Jesus <laughs> shopping and lemons.
2: You can't always be like last week dude last week I feel we were like at the height of our game and like you know you know sometimes you just need to have like a little a bye week it's okay I, I guess I guess <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to talk about then feel us in give us some news give us something to talk about
0: So uh, you want to know what the worst one of the worst things uh, you experience as a parent goes outside <laughs> of outside of fucking <laughs> tragedies um, like normal shit. Uh, so I'm coaching my son's little league, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's been going okay. I feel like the boys have been getting, they're nine. Let me start by that. They're nine. And I understand that these are children that are nine years old. Let me get that out of the way. They have been getting better. The kids are having fun. And that was my two goals to start the season. Get better and have fun. Right. So we spend Saturday. Uh, First off, no one shows up to, to batting practice on Friday. Okay, great. But everyone shows up Saturday to fielding practice. Okay, awesome. There was an event Friday that I wasn't aware of. Whatever. We work on hitting the cutoff man and making soft flips. Like if you're a shortstop, flip the second If you're at second base, flip to the shortstop, that sort of thing. Because the game before, we made a lot of errors that way. And I'm like, okay, we just need to work on this. We work on those two things for like an hour. People are doing really better. Like, I'm really happy with the progress I'm seeing. We play our game on Sunday. First off, we got fucking crushed. I think we <laughs> lost like 11 to nothing.
1: Jeez, uh, dude, that's
0: a maybe rule. <laughs> we maybe got two hits the whole day, Um, which was weird because that's the one thing my team has been doing well is hitting, but no one could hit a damn thing on, on Sunday. And I knew it was going to be one of those days when in the second inning, ball gets past the second baseman. Not a big deal. It happens. Ball gets past the center fielder now, which I'm annoyed about because the center fielder is not in the right position. But again, they're not. It happens. He proceeds to then pick up the ball and run it all the way back. Meanwhile, I was <laughs> just circling the bases. Like, <laughs> and I'm yelling from the side, throw the ball, just throw it. Cause if he would have thrown it in the runner would have stopped. But no, He's just jogging in the ball. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) It was just, and that was, like, the first of many just, I'm sure if it wasn't my team, I'd be cackling errors that this team made. It, It was, like, the most embarrassing and hardest to watch experience for me. And I'm, like, sitting there at the same time trying to, like, make these kids not get just their souls crushed while they're doing this while they're, while they're playing like this. But you know, it's one of those things like sports is weird like that. Like that just shit, that type of shit just gets infectious with teams. It's like one thing goes bad and it just starts spiraling and you can't stop it. And you just wait for the sweet release of the end of the game. (laughs) You know, like it's just the only thing that's going to stop this is time it's the end of the game. That's, that's the only thing. And man, man, that was like, that was about as hard of an experience I've had being like in control of children since I've had them. Like, it was just like, I mean, it like legitimately ruined my day. Like I left, I left there and just like, if I said 10 words after that game to anyone, it would be amazing.
2: But I mean you should be used to disappointment like that. You're a Raiders fan and an Nays fan.
0: Yeah, but those aren't my teams. I'm not coaching those teams. I'm not sitting there putting in work to try to make them get better. <laughs> I'm just watching. So it's it's actually it's actually harder in a way. I see with the other things, I get to turn the TV off and go do something else. There's no turning it off. You are in it. You are sitting there watching every and anything you're trying isn't working. Nothing's working. That Not, no advice is get you're giving advice, no one's listening to the advice. It's just, just throw that shit away. Uh man By
1: the bottom of the second, Zach's on his second clipboard, because he broke the first one in half. (laughs) And then, bottom of the sixth, all the kids are sitting down, staring at the ground, sucking on their orange slices.
0: (laughs) Well, see, that was... And that's something that actually pissed me off even more after the fact. And this, you know... Again, you're not letting the kids see this side of it, because I'm not trying to, like, bring all them down with me. But... After the game, all the boys are just like, "Woo, yeah!" And, like dancing and stuff, and I'm like, "We just got fucking <laughs> slaughtered, you guys!" Like cartwheels
1: and outfits. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, can, can any of you care? Like, God damn it! Uh, but like I said, when I started, I understand. They're nine. They don't give a shit, and it's it's fine. It's better that way. It's better they don't because, oh, uh, I do. And it sucks. Don't care. That's the lesson here. Don't care, <laughs> or just don't coach, or don't coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm made for this life. I don't think I'm. <laughs> think I'm going to do this again. So you're
1: in, you're in the dugout yelling at a bunch of niners. I remember when playing baseball used to actually mean something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and that's the funny thing. I never really played baseball. I played baseball until I was like 11 years old and then realized like, Oh, sports where I have to interact with a ball suck and I can't do them. Like if, if it's putting someone in front of me that I need to hit or grab or throw. Yeah, I can do that. But man, I don't care what the sport was. Baseball, basketball. I sucked at all of them, dude. Like I was the worst, but, uh, yeah, you know, kids, what are you going to do? Um, so, Justin, let's talk a little bit as I get us as I try to get us back on track. I'm sorry. This is a hard cut. Um, Justin, so there was all that kerfluffle, to use a word, um, a few weeks back about how Hi-Fi Rush actually kind of tanked for Xbox. And even though it was a critic starling, it wasn't like the game. It wasn't the hit. Everyone said it was. Well, according to this demonoid story, that might not be the case you want to want to take us through that
1: yeah you know i saw it and i thought it was interesting because they were saying how a topic came up during another podcast and it was the game mess decides podcast or something like that and they were talking about how they had heard or something that you know hi-fi rush didn't make the money it needed to make and that even though it got good buzz and whatever and decent reviews and stuff that it underperformed and xbox kind of came out in front of that was like do we don't know what you're talking about it did exactly what it needed to do and was actually a bigger hit than we thought it was and i'm like i can only assume that the only real justification that like so they would think that it didn't perform as well as it needed to it's just because it was like immediately like a day one game pass game like obviously mm-hmm. most of the people who played hi-fi rush played it through game pass they didn't buy it at the 40 dollars or whatever it is normal msrp and while i do wonder i guess like how from the outside looking at those like metrics that in terms of like units sold and whatever yeah it probably looked really low but it's like i'm assuming uh the team you know behind high fires got paid a good amount for it to be a day one game pass game and from what i can tell you know it got plenty of downloads and stuff like that so it's metrics and that you know type of wheelhouse were really good so i don't really know why it would be considered like a failure in other people's eyes.
0: I mean, again, it was, first off, I thought it was really funny because, uh, I think Jeff Grubb should be going in the NFL draft this week, the way he can backpedal. Cause man, after that initial tweet, it was like, here's another clarifying tweet. And here's another (laughs) clarifying tweet and one more clarifying tweet. And it's like, bro, you said what you said, man, like, I'm sorry that the Xbox people that actually work for Xbox were like, um, what? No, no, that didn't happen at all. I mean, shit. Like the VP of Xbox got on Twitter and was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like this game did great for us. <laughs> so, uh, But you know, it, the initial statement he said was like, he heard in a passing conversation that it just didn't sell as well as they were expecting or something like that. But and, I mean,
2: come on. Like, I mean, you put it out, you put it out on Game Pass. Of course, it's not going to sell
0: well because people can get it for free. But it's also one of those things where what does what does Microsoft even measure? What's success for Microsoft when, when you have a game that releases on Game Pass? It was a day one surprise drop on Game Pass. That's why I found it. That's why everyone else found it. And it's like, how? what do you measure a success? Because Justin's right. No one bought it. Everyone just played it.
2: But I mean, that's the thing. How do you measure a success? People are talking about it. That's how you measure success when it's on Game Pass. Like, there are, there are no metrics that matter. Because if, if you get buzz and you get PR, that's what you need. Because Xbox doesn't have shit. They don't got anything right now, right? Like, no first-party titles, nothing coming down the pipe that, like, people are excited about. Like, this was your big release of the year that got people talking about your platform
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so part of me also thinks too if you think of a lot of the other games that came out as day one game pass games a lot of those games like back for blood and halo and where they have season passes and like dlc and like stuff that they give you the initial whatever release on xbox game pass but then they try to upsell you with the battle pass or the season pass or the deal like whatever they want your 20 30 dollars that way that hopefully you're invested enough in getting the game for free through game pass to buy that dlc or whatever where hi-fi rush didn't have it, it was an all-in-one inclusive mm-hmm. package so there was no something to upsell you on so it's just you got what you got. That's
2: but you know what Hi Fi Rush was? It was a complete well thought out game, which is something that Back for Blood and Halo both struggled
0: with. Yeah. And Redfall. hmm uh, All right. Allegedly. <laughs> um No, I I think I think you're both right. Also, if they were to drop a twenty dollar DLC pack for Hi Fi Rush, I would buy that shit right now. Like, I love that game so much. Like, it was... It's rare when you play a game that's like, oh, this game's made for me. This hits, like, everything I like to do. And and that was Hi-Fi Rush for me. That game ruled. Um, but yeah, I, I find it... I, I think the the reason we wanted to talk about it this week is it's just an interesting conversation of, like... What what is success when it comes to Game Pass? And and I think Shannon has has it where it's it's hours played is probably how they measure success. Download I would downloads and hours played, right? Like those are probably, I would assume those would be the biggest metrics they look at. Yeah, I mean,
1: I would I would agree with that and. It's one of those things where it's like, I did, you know, for a solid week or two after it came out, like, I did see it quite a bit on Twitter and stuff like that, so people were talking about it. It's not like it just kind of stealth released and then just kind of faded out into the background as, like, other games and stuff came out. Like, it was relevant for a few weeks there when it first came out.
0: hmm And, you know, like Shannon, Shannon was saying, Xbox needs a hit, man. They just need a hit. Like, they just need something. And for a month and a half there, they had one. And then they didn't have another one. It's like if they could have put... Even though who knows what the game's going to be. If they could have released Redfall in, like, late February. Right after, you know, the Hi-Fi Rush kind of thing died. Like, give Hi-Fi Rush a month to breathe. And then you drop late February, early March Redfall you would have kept people back on Game Pass. They would have been like, well, Redfall's coming up. I'll just let it ride, you know, but, but now it's like, okay, I guess I can let this Game Pass drop off until, uh, until May. And then probably let that drop off until November when Starfield releases. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame.
1: It is funny because uh, Tokyo mm-hmm. Ghostwire just came out on Game Pass. I, I And I do kind of want to check it out. It was on my mm-hmm. list or whatever that I wanted to check out what, two years ago at this point or whatever, whenever it initially came out. So even though I've heard it's like all right or whatever, it's like for free on Game Pass. But I'd be willing to give it a shot or whatever just to kind of see what it's about.
0: It's one of those ones. That's a game I just kind of want to look at. Because everyone, everyone says it's beautiful, like the way the the graphics of the game are just kind of really pop as far as that like Tokyo look, you know. Um, but yeah, I've heard it's not a really good game <laughs> to play. So I don't know. Um, well, what's let's, let's take a it, man. This is really a, a Justin centric news segment here, Justin. How about you walk us through the April Nintendo Indie World Showcase?
1: Yeah, so this week we got another Nintendo Indie World Direct. And, you know, it was all right. Like, there wasn't any, like, big bombs that dropped on it Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, you know, there was a couple interesting things that showed up. And there was a lot of, uh, like, DLC and stuff announced as well. Uh, Cult of, especially the big standout for me, Cult of the Lamb. Uh, the Relics of the Old Faith DLC is uh, its actually, I think, out today, April twenty fourth. Um, mm. And it was, also, it was also free to people who are already own the game, correct? Yeah, it's free DLC. It has a new—they like new kind of remixes of the previous dungeons. Uh, there's a couple—I want to say there's like a couple like new bosses. Uh, there's a few new weapons, new uh, stuff to plant, like new buildings for your farms um and then there's like some kind of go infinite like go through the loop dungeon like mode stuff that you can do so sounds like a pretty decent sized uh you know free dlc so that's pretty cool
0: sounds like it's about eight months too late but yeah i
1: mean if yeah if that could have come out earlier like that would have been substantial uh but you know at least it's free like you know, I feel like that's the smart move here is to just keep people, I guess, coming back. Like if it was paid DLC, I feel like that'd be a little bit harder of a sell for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then a little to the left is also getting some DLC for June, which I've actually been playing that again recently. And that's R- the, remind,
0: me, remind me what that is.
1: That's the one where it's kind of just like a little indie game where you're like sorting stuff. It's very therapeutic, very chill sort of puzzle game where it's like you sort stuff or a line like little objects and stuff. And it's like little puzzles, like sorting books and like buttons and stuff. And uh, there's like a kind of little story, I guess going on in the background with this cat that's kind of like knocking shit everywhere and stuff, but it's just a cute kind of like wholesome direct kind of style game. And it's getting some premium DLC that's going to add twenty five new messes to clean up and you know so it looks pretty cool i've been picking it up again it's kind of like a good at night game you know mm-hmm. to kind of play lay in bed it's not too cumbersome uh they also uh this new game which <laughs> youtube's donkey i don't know if you've ever seen this video <laughs> stuff, uh, nope. is animal well is the game that his publishing company uh it's going to be like i think their first release uh, and that's coming out in 2024 and it's some uh you know justin 16 bit bullshit but it looks really cool like i really like the aesthetic it's very kind of dark neon colors you play as this slime kind of looking thing and you're going through this well and there's all these animals kind of reminds me like zoo lights mm-hmm. at night it's kind of it looks like zoo lights the game a little bit uh so i'm actually really interested in that that looks kind of like right up my alley and did,
0: did you have thoughts about blasphemous 2
1: uh, yeah dude so i i've played blasphemous 1 i haven't yeah, that it, game it is, is hard it is brutal it is gorgeous to look. like the pixel art is top notch uh, as a metroidvania it's very fun but dude, it is fucking hard. Like, it is a brutal, like Souls like style Metroidvania game, and this looks like, uh, I guess kind of more of the same. But the pixel art like looks on par, if not better. And I like some movement wise and stuff. It almost looks a lot less because that was one of the things the main character was kind of rigid mm-hmm. in the first one and The movement in this looks a lot more fluid. And uh, a little like less congested and stuff, level design wise. But I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. Um, I know usually you can get Blasphemous One on sale on Switch, usually for like six bucks or something like that, eight bucks uh, when it's on sale.
0: The uh, the the thing with this game though is it kind of looks like the graphics look like they upgraded from like the Super Nintendo era to the PS One era. It kind of has that you know, super Castlevania to symphony of the night glow up look to it.
1: Yeah. It has a lot more, it looks a lot more, uh, I guess like 3d ish, especially with like the backgrounds and stuff. It kind of has that more like high fidelity Mm -hmm. pixel art, like to it and stuff that makes it really pop.
0: And then, and then when it got, when it showed some of the bosses in the trailer, they were like super smooth though. They didn't look pixely at all. They looked almost like paintings in the middle of this game or something. It was cool. It was a cool effect.
1: Yeah, like, I do really like the art for it. And then we're also getting (laughs) Rift of the Necrodancer, which is uh, the next game from, like, the Crypt of the Necrodancer series, except instead of being, like, a dungeon-crawler moving one, this is a lot like Guitar Hero now, and it's almost like Guitar Hero mixed with Crypt of the Necrodancer, where the monsters are kind of coming at you, and you have to, like, hit the notes at the right time, and you're, like, battling people. Um, so that looks that looks really cool. Um, I am excited for that.
0: I think I think we need to talk about the biggest game from this, though. Which, of course, is Little Kitty Big City, because that game looks <laughs> rad as hell.
2: Man, this is like, the, you know, this is becoming a reoccurring theme. If there's a cat in a city, Zach is going to play it.
0: I mean, kind of. Right. But it looks pretty fun. You get to like dress up a cat and go around on hijinks in a city. I think I'm on board. Trailer shows you like stealing people's food and wearing like, you know, different uh, hats and stuff. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm on board. This looks like something my kids will love.
1: It give you a reason to dust off the old switch.
0: Well, let's not go that far. It's coming to Steam, so
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, look. You don't give a credit where it's here. You're like yeah. Nintendo Indie Direct might have brought its attention to me, but doesn't yeah. mean I have to buy it on Switch. Yeah.
0: Oh man, my poor Switch. It's
2: just
0: <laughs> it's been neglect just neglected since my birthday when I got my Steam Deck. It just it is now
2: a paperweight.
0: Yeah, I mean my kids still play uh, Pokemon on it, so it gets its use on there. But uh, that's that's about the end of the list.
1: And the, the last thing, though, I did want to bring up for the, the Nintendo Indies was Shadows Over Loathing, which is the sequel to West of Loathing. Mm. It is out right now on Switch, which is dope. I have been waiting to play it. I'm glad it's also because I have West of Loathing on the Switch. So that's kind of where I want Shadows of Loathing. So that is one that I added to my wish list that I will be picking up at some point.
0: Fair enough. Um okay, let's let's talk about <laughs> this destructoid list, uh, which is the top 10 best companions in gaming history, right? So this is their ranked list. I'm just gonna read it and then uh, I would like your thoughts, gentlemen. Number 10 is Midna from uh, Twilight Princess. Nine, Donald and Goofy from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, eight. Is it Paige? Paige uh, from Beyond Good and Evil. That's a name I've read a million times and never said out loud. Uh, seven is Sully from Uncharted. Six, Atreus from God of War. Five, Kazooie from Banjo Kazooie. Four, Ellie from Last of Us Part One. Um, and then we've got Clank from Ratchet and Clank, Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog, and Luigi from Super Mario. Now, my first thing with this list, my first problem. If the name of the character is in the title of the game, they can't count. Like Clank and Kazooie should not be on this list. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. All right, let me hear why. I mean, because I mean,
2: like I said, they're not the main character, right? Like you're playing like Ratchet the most of the time in Ratchet and Clank, right? Mm-hmm. Clank is there. Like you do have like one or two side missions with him. Um and, you know, that's fine. But for the most part, I mean like he is a supporting character. He is the um you know he is the sidekick. Uh so I think he belongs there. Um I have more problems with, you know, somebody like Atreus Atreus, um, who I think in the most recent God of War, becomes more of a focal, like, transitions into more of a main character. Like, not such a, you know, not just kind of there, like, shooting arrows and kind of mm-hmm. getting keys for you. But, like, he, you know, he starts to carry the story a little bit more. Um, I don't think Clank ever really did that. He always was just kind of, like, there as, like, filler when, like, you know, Clank was tired of doing all the heavy... Or Ratchet was heavy, tired of doing all the heavy lifting. Um, that, that would be why I would keep like you know somebody like clank on the list
0: yeah because i mean you can't just say playable or not playable right because Mm -hmm. like yeah because clank has missions by your logic clank has missions and i'm like but like see banjo kazooie is like almost one character i guess you know they're always together Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know I i have a problem with kazooie there um I know, I know Justin has thoughts about Donald and Goofy, though.
1: <laughs> dude, well, so I'm not even the big Kingdom Hearts person, but it's like, dude, Donald fucking sucks. Like, nobody <laughs> ever has anything good to say about Donald. Man. Everyone's always like, I'm dying off in the corner, and Donald's <laughs> over there just fucking sorting his napkins and shit at the side while I'm getting my teeth kicked in. Like, how is he – the fact that he's number nine, along with Goofy, over someone like Ashley from Resident Evil 4. Or, I don't know, ever hear of the game Jack and Daxter? Like, where the fuck are they on this list? We got fucking Sully over here. Like, it was Sully that big a fucking deal that he has to be number seven. And I haven't heard anyone mention beyond good and evil since I was in, like, high school.
2: You know, also, I wouldn't put Sully on the list, because, like, he's not really somebody who is integral to the storyline right like he's not there like 90 percent of the time like he drops you off on like most of the missions and then he's gone until you need to get picked up right right like i wouldn't i wouldn't really call i mean yeah he's like a sidekick in the sense that like he's helping you out like to move the story along but he's not a character in the game that like you you know have fun interacting with
0: i mean yeah yeah yeah. I, I guess. mean, I would like, I would
2: say I would say a, the ghost from Destiny belongs on this list somewhere.
0: Now, are we doing the that wizard came from the moon ghost or are we just talking standard ghost?
2: Standard ghost.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's for it. Cortana should be on this list.
2: Cortana? Yeah. yeah, dude, oh, come on. That is a glaring omission.
0: Glaring. I mean, glaring. They they added a Side character from one of the worst Zelda games. <laughs> like, come on.
2: I, <sighs> I mean, I mean, not Marcus Phoenix, but I mean, what's what was Marcus's uh, sidekick in the, the first three Gears of War games? Uh, the the one Dom? whose wife Dom, yeah, Dom. I mean, come on, his arc, his arc in that game, like, oh,
0: he was one no, of I the know. only characters that had an arc in that game. But.
2: <laughs> I think it's true. But still, I mean, like, I mean, there are a lot of other franchises out there that are way better for sidekicks.
0: What about Coltrane? If we're talking War. Oh, yeah.
2: Coltrane Hell Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I don't know. Coltrane was he was good just because he was like the hype man. Right. But yeah. like, I think Dom's arc was better.
0: Uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock. Yeah, I put her on there. I would not put uh, the princess's daughter or the president's daughter from uh, Resident Evil 4 in there i would not <laughs> do that. um yeah and and I, I i get what they mean when they say last of us part one for ellie but i have a hard problem with her being on the list because since she's the main character of two i don't know i don't know um how about
2: any of the characters from like the devil may cry series um you know i mean they're all great characters that add to the story as well um, I mean, if you're going with the characters that are, you know, just fun and nostalgic, why don't you go with mm-hmm. a Butler from the Laura Croft series for many of the Tomb Raiders? <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> you know? that'd
0: be fun. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't, it's a weird, like, I see what they're doing and it's, I see like the task they tried to take on, but I feel we just named so many better, better characters, you know, like. I would have taken Kazooie and Clank off this list and put Cortana and the butler on, and I would have been happier. <laughs> I feel,
2: I feel like the person that is, that is making these lists never played video games. Like they're just like, they're just like, yeah, let, let's, uh, let's just take some of these like names that are in the zeitgeist or we, we think are in the zeitgeist. Like, let me just type into the Google here and see what,
0: uh, what <laughs> chat, Google told chat, me. chat GI, like <laughs>
1: the GPT. Yeah. yeah. yeah chat
0: GPT, GPT. I mean, yeah. Totally.
1: So I think I figured it out. So Chris Pinwell is the person who wrote the article Destructoid, and for Mm -hmm. his little article about Chris is a freelance writer for multiple outlets, including Destructoid. He loves narrative games like Kingdom Hearts, Life Mm. is Strange, and Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, no wonder all these like D rank fucking games made it in the top ten. Like it's because motherfuckers over here padding the list with his favorite fucking people.
2: Yeah, no. How about how about like Mister Torg from like Borderlands Two, or like you know Tiny Tina, or like any of those characters from any of those like those those uh, Jesus Christ. Like I just the longer I think about this, it's like one of those pictures where like the more you look at it, the worse it gets. It's like the the more I read this list, the worse it gets.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. I agree. With you. I mean, it's not my favorite game, but what about like Tifa or something? You know, from Final Fantasy VII. Like, can we can we do something like there? You know, it's like I'm proud of you, Zach. I, I did that just for you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Shit, it's like, bless your heart. Oh yes.
0: Yeah, but uh. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me when these lists come out. Cause I mean, it's doing a shop. We're talking about it, right? Like that's, that's the point of them is to have discussions around them. And the God damn, it's like every time these things come out, they, I take the bait. I'll admit it. I'm the problem. I take the bait. I'm like, no, no, what the hell? Putting fucking hmm. goofy on there. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Wait, shit, you're Shannon. Shit, you're the Kingdom Hearts guy here. Your thoughts on Goofy being on this list?
2: <laughs> Man, they're uh, I don't know, like dude, like uh, so. You're talking to the guy who didn't play Kingdom Hearts three, right? Like the last game I played was Kingdom Hearts two. Um, but okay, that's two more
0: Kingdom Hearts than I played. So
2: I will tell you, if I'm going to pick somebody in the game to be, have my back, it's gonna be fucking Donald Duck. Goofy right. is fucking useless.
0: Well, and Donald's over
2: there in the corner keeping me alive.
0: So, do you think he lumped Goofy and Donald together there to just like sneak it through customs? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, was like?
2: I think he was struggling. Yeah, I think he was like, oh, I have these like extra people that I want to put on this list, so I'm just going to condense these two together. All right. Well, I mean, smart. You can't have one without the other.
0: True. Well, at the end of uh, all of that, you know, now that, to wash the taste out of our mouths, how about we go visit the trailer? Guys, it's been a long time. My trailer
2: got stolen. My wife left me. My dog got ran over by the guy who stole my trailer. All I'm left with is this pile of trash this week, so let's talk about it to keep my
0: spirits up. <laughs> All right, now that we're firmly in the park, uh, Justin, what do you got for us?
1: So, our trailer, which I went and saw, uh, which I'll talk about it during spoiler talk, but I went and saw uh, Evil evil Dead Rise this weekend. And this trailer played before it, and it's called The Blackening. (laughs) I love it. After watching the trailer for it, the general feel I got it was... What if Jordan Peele made a scary movie type of movie? And that's kind of what we get. We have a group of black people who go to this cabin in the woods and they're hanging out. They're having like a fun weekend together and they stumble upon this game room and it has a board game in the middle of the room called The Blackening. And as soon as they open it and look at it, you get the saw guy kind of comes on the TV and he's like, you have to play the game or I'm going to kill your friend. And they basically have to start like playing this game in order to save this chick. But it's very unorthodox. And like one of the first cards, like they draw and stuff, say that they have to basically sacrifice one of their friends and they need to vote on a person by picking, the uh like least black person of the it's the most black person person. because they said
2: it's the 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 most black person in like all it's like a trope like the blackest person in every horror movie dies first so they needed to pick the blackest person in the room
1: that's right and then they all that's right so they did that and then everyone starts being like well no I, i didn't even watch friday And so they're all trying to be like, dude, dude, dude! Don't look at me, man! Like I voted for Trump. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) and then he's like twice.
1: Yeah, and then they all start ganging up on him. But it looks really fun. It looks like a fun kind of like R-rated like movie, which you know that was kind of I feel like. The kiss of death for like the Scary Movie franchise is when they made the jump, I think, from R to PG-13. Oh, 100%. Is yeah. where it started going downhill. And this kind of feels like a return to form for that style of movie.
0: Now, Scary Movies, uh, what's better, one or two? <sighs> it's not as easy a choice as you think.
1: Yeah, it's hard because... It's also been so long since Mm -hmm. I've watched either of them. I feel like, in general, two is probably better in the sense that just like it hits harder, I think, with like the jokes and stuff like that. But I also, as someone who's a huge fan of Scream, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do love one just for Ghostface and just how fucking stupid it was.
0: The whole like yeah, because, Bud Light, what's up? Yeah,
1: the yeah. what's up? Because
2: two was like par- They were spoofing Paranormal Activity, wasn't it? Like one Not par- was like uh,
1: polter poltergeist. It, it was. It wasn't Paranormal Activity. It was the house. They were at the haunted house or whatever that.
0: And then like Chris Elliott's The Butler with the little hand, like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay
1: yeah, and then they had the clown. The reason I say poltergeist because I had like the clown under the bed.
0: I think it was just a bunch of like haunted house movies mashed together is what I think it was. But yeah, but just the dinner sequence alone, like, you know, where the whole, like, give us a round of applause. (laughs) Oh, I prefer a standing ovation. Like that whole secret. God damn. I laugh every time, every time (laughs) I can't help it.
1: Grab my good hand.
0: (laughs) Oh man. There's something about it. It kills me. I don't know what it is. And then Deadpool like recycles the same joke. And and it's still funny to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Something about the I looked, hands. I looked it up and yeah, it references The Haunting, Stigmata, The Exorcist, Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Amityville Horror, and Poltergeist.
0: Good times. Good times. But no, I I, I like a good horror parody movie. And so I think I think I'll be seeing this. It looks fun.
2: Yeah, it. This is definitely like that level of like just you know, it, it's more funny than scary, right? So like cool. it's that's definitely my jam. Like I I could see myself going to see this and enjoying it. All right.
0: Any any other trailers you saw, Justin?
1: Uh, that was. I mean, I saw that one, and then we're getting another Insidious movie.
0: That. Of course, we are. They're only
1: what seven or eight, uh, nine. I, I want no. It's only like the fifth one, I think. Uh, Insidious. Yeah, I think it's like the fifth one because there's because there's only Insidious one, two, three, and then the last key is four, which that came out in 2018, and this one is the Red Door, which is the fifth one, and it I, takes I, place like ten years, I think, after the first one.
0: Hey, Shannon, I love how you were like, what is this, seven? And Justin was so offended. And he's like, no, it's five. (laughs) Like, that's any better.
2: It was was, was so great. So, like, here's here's my question. In this Insidious movie, is it the same, like, family that's being, like, terrorized by this ghost or whatever it is? Yes,
1: it is the same. It's the same cast from one. So it's, like, the dad... The son, because the, the general premise is since the events of one, because in one, the, their son Dalton was the one that was possessed. And then it moved on to the dad in two. And then and then in three, it involved like their neighbor or something. It wasn't really about them. And then I don't think four was really about them either. So this is the first one that's about them again since two. And it takes place like the 10 years later and both the dad and the son, since being possessed, they, their memories of, like, what happened during that time period are really hazy. Like, they don't really want to remember. And then it's kind of them coming to terms with, like, what happened to them ten years ago. And them starting to remember all the terrible shit they went through and, like, why their family got ruined. So. Is that, was, the first one,
0: was the first Insidious the one with Ethan Hawk? Or am I mixing that up?
1: Uh, I don't think Ethan Hawke was in.
0: What's the one that's like Insidious, but not called it Insidious? That was like the dude was in the, or the monster or what demon, whatever the hell it was, was in the old films. That oh, you're
1: thinking of, a uh, um, uh, Sinister.
0: Sin- yeah. God, all these movies are exactly the same. <laughs> Jesus.
1: I do like Sinister. That one also, I want to say Sinister also had a sequel, and I think it was Hot Trash.
0: (laughs) I mean, aren't they all kind of Hot Trash? Okay,
1: but there's, like, levels, Zach, all right? Like, like even out of the, this is going to be the fifth Insidious movie, and I would say, like, I I like, I love the first Insidious. The second one was all right. The third one... Had a couple moments, and then I would say, yeah, the fourth one was was pretty garbage, and this one actually looks somewhat prominent. Like it's like almost like a return to form for Insidious.
0: Uh, Turn to form. What does that even? Okay, it's the fifth movie. Like,
1: yeah, well, dude, we got like seven Scream movies, and they're dope. Okay, we have ten Fast and the Furious movies.
0: Yes, uh, and to be clear. They pushed the hard reset button on both of those franchises halfway through, so you know I'm I'm just saying I'm not saying, but I'm I would argue Fast and Furious hit reset twice. <laughs> I mean, they, pro- they yeah they did it with five, and, they and then they did it with again them. with eight. Like they just yeah. Were like yeah, you know what? How about we start over again?
2: Yeah, we everybody likes Han. We're gonna bring Han back, okay? So right. like we got that one right, retconned, and like yeah, we're just gonna forget the two ever happened, and we're just gonna start with like this whole new, like thing in like four.
0: They really need to bring back the like eighty year old teenager from uh Tokyo Drift. They did.
2: How... I'm back in in nine and I think ten for like a little cameo in each oh, one. They did. They did. Yeah.
0: Did you yeah, have a Walker? Gonna...
2: When they're when they're getting ready to put the Fiero in space, like when they're like doing that whole like we need to come up with, we need to come up with like an engine. Oh, like hey, he's with, he's with that other dude in
1: Japan, and they're working yeah. on like they like, got his the help with the the science behind putting a rocket on a car.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> if I my memory of uh, Tokyo Drift is clear, when I think of him, I think science. <laughs> that's that's what he was so proficient in.
1: <laughs> Y'all come back to Tokyo now. You hear
0: that was my favorite part though was how that guy was clearly 35 years old and he was being like i'm 17 it's like okay nine hundred two one zero, calm down like what are we doing he's high school
1: drag racing while he's like over here giving his daughter allowance money to go yeah to the yeah movies. exactly <laughs>
0: oh shit um All right, let's do a little what we've been playing. Uh, I'm just about done with dredge. I hit a little wall at the end where I had to go grind a bit. But now I've got the good fishing reel and rod I need. And I've got the super fast engine, which is really awesome. But I'll tell you, there's a, I think it's the fourth out of five where you hit the mangroves and you got to go into the mangroves and do some missions. And it's the first and only time it's happened in the game where when you take damage, oh, your props go out. And you have to slowly chug your way back to the shop so you can fix your engine. And it is painful. Like, Mm -hmm. it was one of those, the second time it happened, I was like, why are you allowing this? This is literally ruining the game. Like, it's ruining the game. It makes you just not want to play it. I tried to see if I could just reload from a save. No, you can't. You're just stuck there until you get back. And it takes, like... Like, you're just going around the outside of this little archipelago of islands. And it takes two days of game time to get there. Like, you can't (laughs) just... Like, it's that long. Ridiculous. it, It was... I was never happier than to get out of the mangroves. So what I'll tell you though, is if you get in there and the big monsters come out of the swamp, stop moving and they go away. They're attracted by motion and sound. So if you just like take your foot off the gas and sit there for a minute, they'll leave. And then you can go on your way. I figured that out about three engine failures too late. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, Take my advice. Justin. Jordan. (laughs) Noted. And, uh, oh, the other thing, my kid off Game Pass, he's he's gotten super into hockey again. Uh, He played NHL 22 for a long time, but now he's playing NHL 23. And uh, that game kicks ass. Like, that's really good. And the thing that they did that was super smart is they made those controls, like, dumb simple. You hit the trigger. Genesis,
2: like Genesis Day controls,
0: oh, almost, almost that simple. Like it's it, you know, you use thumbsticks, to skate up and down. You use X to switch players. You hit the trigger to pass, and then you flick the other thumbstick to shoot. That's it. That's all the controls that are in the game, and and it's awesome. Like you, it makes it so you can pick up and play super easy. Like I haven't played any of those games with him in a while, and he is well-versed like he can beat the piss out of me in those games but I never felt like I was completely out of my element because the controls are so simple like I can just pick it up it's not like he's doing insane button combos and beating me he just knows the angles and like he's played it enough to know how to make really smart passes and stuff like that where I'm kind of fumbling with it a little bit but yeah no it, it it's great it's a really solid game. If you're looking for a sports game to play on game pass that, uh, is fast paced and, and pretty, pretty good. Like you can do a lot worse. So I'll just throw that out there. I know there's not a big sports gaming contingent probably listening to this, but it's, it's fun. It's good. That's about it. That's all for me.
2: Well, I'm, uh, getting through crisis core. Um, did have a little bit of a setback this weekend. I didn't get to play as many video games, uh, but I did. I am I am in the final chapter. <sighs> and uh, yeah, I mean, there are some tough battles in that game. And I, I'm getting to the point where I just don't want to do any more of the side missions. I just want to get through the game so I can start playing something else. So yeah, it's uh, time to move on. Um, so I'll, I'll probably get that done this week. Justin, what are you doing this week?
1: What? You're not going to talk about playing Minecraft?
2: I didn't play enough of it. Uh, my son wanted to get a game because he got some money for Easter and, uh, Minecraft is what he wanted to download. So we downloaded it and, um, yeah, we got into creative mode and he was just like, build me a house. And I was like, no, you got to build it yourself, bro. And he was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. And so I'm waiting for somebody to come over and stoke the creative fires for him and show him how to use the, uh, that Minecraft, uh, you know, the controls and uh, and go from there
0: my so, daughter will be there in a few weeks it'll nice. be okay great yes
1: um, so for me i actually played something besides skyrim this week wow you're welcome yes i know big sur- big surprises i i beat pizza tower pizza oh tower is done. that game yes uh i loved it it dude it gets fucking hard towards the end Like, it is brutal. There's this one level towards the end of the game. Because you work your way up the tower. And one of the last levels of the tower is the staff room. And there's a level called War. And the whole point of it is you start the level. You get a gun. But you have, like I think it's like 90 seconds on the clock. And it's just counting down. And you have to get to like the next timer thing and shoot it and it'll add another 30 seconds or whatever. But you're constantly against the clock. So you're just running through trying to find wherever the next clock is to shoot it. Because once time hits zero, everything just blows up and you have to restart from the very beginning. And man, dude, it took me probably a good five or six tries to get through that level. Just because I'm like, dude, I don't have time to fuck around with the janitor. I'm not looking for usually, you know, I'll look for secrets and do it. I'm like, no, dude, I'm just, you know, I was even trying to collect all the little dudes. I'm like, if I find them, I find them. If I don't cyanara, buddy, like I'm just trying to get from A to B. I don't want to do this level anymore. I just want to get to the end. Um, and then I got to the top of the pizza tower where you have to fight the pizza face guy and he's like floating around and he's like dropping enemies and then you have to do like the wario dash through enemies and, fling mm. at him. and then he falls down you hit him and then he goes into phase two which then you find out that besides the pizza there's like a little almost like a pizza slice head looking dude inside and he comes out and he's like shooting guns off everywhere and he's totally fucking unhinged running all over the screen So then you have to blast his ass with the gun. And then he gets all mad and goes into phase three, which then he takes the previous four bosses and brings them out. So you have to go through boss rush mode with the previous four bosses. And then you beat all of them. And then you get to fight phase four of the actual pizza face boss. And once you beat him, then you get into the Metroid. Oh, the tower is about to fucking crumble and you have to escape (laughs) out of Pizza Tower. That sounds miserable. No, well, I will say, so the the saving grace here, it does sound, it sounds miserable, Shannon, but between each phase, you do get full health again. So it's not too bad because most of the time you're like, okay, I'm trying to conserve health because I, in all the other boss fights, it's always multi-phase, so you know it's coming. And normally your health does not, fully regenerate during the phases but for this one it does mm. so that was once i realized that it was nice because i didn't have to be as careful i'm just like okay how fast can i get through phase one to get to phase two because i don't have to worry about health i can get down to one and it'll just refill whatever so i can play a little more reckless uh there was also a level that was five nights at freddy's which was pretty funny where it's all these like pizza people animatronics and shit and you have to avoid security bots and stuff and break them and if you get caught it counts down and then the siren starts and then one of the four or five little pizza tower security breach looking fuckers come for you and there's like a pile of cheese goop and it even does like the five nights at freddy like first person scare and stuff when they grab you it was pretty great like it was very on brand (laughs) uh so i played and beat that and then i also uh, after beating that i started up the phoenix Wright ace attorney trilogy so oh, yeah i forgot a, you bought that yeah i bought that a while ago and then i just never booted it up so i finished that and then i started playing uh the first game of that and i'm on the i think i'm like right towards the end of like the second case right now But it's a lot of fun. It's been a long time since I've played the first uh, Ace Attorney game. And it's crazy seeing it in, like, the nicer art and stuff. It's not all pixelated and stuff. It's, like, redrawn. There's no voice acting or anything like that. But uh, the art's really nice. It kind of has, like, the nostalgia feel of it looks how I remember it. (laughs) Like, you know, playing it on, like, the Game Boy Advance and stuff. Even though I'm sure if I pulled up, like, a ROM or whatever for the Game Boy Advance. I'd be like, "Oh, dude, this looked like dog shit in comparison." But <laughs> it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a nice kind of chill game. It's I enjoy it because it's not super. Since my left Joy-Con has major updrift, it's something that doesn't affect me having Joy-Con drift because I'm not intensively doing something with the Joy-Con. So
0: that's a. Are either one of you looking to get? Uh, uh, ah, shit, I'm totally blanking on the title. All of a sudden, uh, Advanced Wars.
1: I really want to get Advanced Wars. Uh, it's on my list. It's just after playing so much Fire Emblem, I'm like done with with the uh, tactics games yeah. for the minute. But it's on my wish list, and it's like it's one of those where I'm hoping you know maybe around. Uh, like winter, it might be one of the few that'll drop to like you know fifty bucks or for sure. whatever. Yeah. Or you know maybe like before the Nintendo vouchers go up. I know that's one of the voucher games and stuff too. So just do the hundred dollars again for two Nintendo games and grab that and something else.
2: I wish I cared. Now that I don't. <laughs> now that I have the Steam Deck, I don't. I don't want to play yeah. on the Switch anymore. I, if it, if it comes at if it, if if i can find a way to play it on the steam deck i will get it but uh other than that like i don't i don't know like it's going to take a lot to get me to go back into the switch world again
0: it is it is i'm hopefully hopefully they release they do uh, sony and start releasing these stuff to uh you know re- release them to steam maybe Maybe, hopefully,
2: or get like the Switch OS to work on my right Steam Deck.
0: Yeah, what's the, What's the <laughs> emulator? It's that Yuzu
1: Yuzu emulator? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, all right. Do we have sirens this week? Are there sirens in the background?
1: There is. There's this creepy siren. Mm. A Scratch- creepy boy sirens. It's
0: scratching at the door. So Justin, please tell us about this disgusting movie you watched.
1: Yeah, so I went and saw, as I mentioned earlier, Evil Dead Rise, and I wanted to bring it, so what is the grossest movie you think you've seen in terms of, like, you had to look away multiple times while watching? Hmm. I will go
2: first, because it was a long time ago that I saw this movie, but I would say The Fly
0: uh, was, well, pretty, it was pretty gross. Yeah. gross. yeah. When he was peeling
2: off, with, when he was peeling off his fingernails.
0: Pulling off the teeth. Yeah, pulling off the teeth. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Uh, Oof, man. There's so many. Uh,
2: Although I heard the uh, event, the unedited version of Event Horizon, that sequence where they discover like what the ship went through previously with the mm -hmm. original crew. They said it was so um, intense that like a lot of people like vomited while watching it.
0: Uh, I don't think that's ever been released.
2: Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, well that's what I'm saying. Like the people that yeah. have seen it have been like, that was rough. <laughs>
0: um I mean I'm I'm gonna skip over the movies that I'm gonna say no one should ever watch ever. <laughs> uh just trust me, don't. Um But as far as like mainstream movies go <sighs> geez. I mean Hereditary had some parts that were pretty involving piano wire that were pretty rough (laughs) Um, What
2: about like what about any of like the rob zombie movies like were any of those just like a house of a thousand (sighs) corpses
0: those were just so fucking dumb you know like (laughs) i know those movies have their fans but god i just can't stand those movies i don't know um i guess that's the thing is like for that that type of stuff i'm pretty i'm pretty just numb to it for (laughs) like you know, like, when you see just these insane, like, hostile or Saw or, like, some of those, like, super crazy gore movies, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've watched so many of those that it's just kind of like, eh, all right.
1: And, see, that's why I was bringing it up. So when I went with my friend Tanner to go see Evil Dead Rising, there's there's a couple parts. There's a couple parts that make you kind of go, like, oh, like while watching it. But for him, he had, like, his hand in front of his face at a couple points. Like, oh, watching it, I'm turning over looking at him. And I'm just like, dude. Like, this is child's play compared to some of the shit I've seen before. And, like, recently, not that long ago, I watched uh, Terrifier 2. Oh,
0: and- Terrifier. That's that's one. Yeah. Terrifier's uh, one. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, Terrifier 1 was one. And then I watched two. And two was, like, next level. Lo- like, whatever you thought, Terrifier 1 was fucking gross. Mm-hmm. They were like, bro, we're going to double down on that <laughs> shit. <And laughs> Don't two, worry. We got you. Yeah. Two had multiple scenes. One was within the first 10 minutes of the fucking movie where I had to turn away. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, like (laughs) watching it. And I'm like, dude, is this like what it's setting me up for? This early on in the movie is to watch this. Uh, But back to Evil Dead Rise, I thought it was pretty good. Like, was it better? I honestly don't think it was better than the the soft reboot they tried to do with the Mm -hmm. 2014 one. But in terms of kind of doing its own thing and stuff, I thought it was pretty good. Like the general premise is uh, basically this earthquake happened. There's this family that lives in this uh, little apartment building that used to be a bank and stuff back in the day. And an earthquake happens and like the ground breaks and whatever. And in the garage area reveals like these old bank vaults. And the kids that live at the apartment go down there and find the book and end up bringing it upstairs and opening it. And it, of course, brings the the thing and it goes and murders their mom and then possesses her body. Mm -hmm. And then so she becomes incredibly unhinged and starts like being super creepy and like attacking them. And then kind of one by one, the kids also become infected and they become crazy and start attacking everyone. And the, their mom's sister, who is like a roadie and kind of showed up from out of town. She's there. And it's about her and the the third kid, the youngest, the daughter, the two of them. And she's like, I'm going to get you the fuck out of here. And it's the <laughs> two of them working together like fighting against these things and trying to escape this apartment building that because of the earthquake like the elevator's fucked up and like the stairways broken whatever and they're trying to figure out how to like stop these people from attacking them and get out and you know it was good it had a lot of moments for the other evil deads like of course like there's parts where it's, like, basically raining blood, like, just covered in blood, just like in the uh, 2014 movie. Mm-hmm. And she has her shotgun and gets a chainsaw at the end, so she's using both of those. And uh, they like to do a lot of the camera angles and stuff from, like, the original reference. Like, you know, where it's, like, first person, zoom yeah, in. Yeah. And she's, like, running. It does the close-up of, like, her face and she's, like, all crazy running around and stuff with blood all over her face. So it did a lot of kind of Easter egg, uh, like homages and stuff to the original few movies.
0: I mean, the scene—the nice. scene from the trailer where the uh, the mom's body, I guess, being possessed is trying to get the little girl to open the door is pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. That was pretty not okay. Like I was just like, oh man, that's that's messed up. But yeah,
1: there was like one part, like Shannon mentioned when I was telling about it earlier, with like a cheese grater where someone got a cheese grater to the thigh. Mm. And when they pulled that, that was one of the scenes that kind of made me wince a little bit. Like, uh, mm. and it's one of those where it wasn't even the part that was like the grossest of it was, it wasn't over dramatic. Like it's not like a yeah. huge chunk of flesh. Can. It was like a very realistic, like yeah. cheese grate across this. It's like and anyone who's ever been in the kitchen, grating cheese and you nick your fingers and yeah. stuff is is, you're just kind of zooming along knows that that shit hurts.
0: Well, it's it's funny how certain scenes like that, even if it's never happened to you, just kind of get that like that nerve tingle goes through your body, like the Achilles scene in Hostel, right? It's like, yeah, I've never oh. had Achilles sliced, but like as soon as that happens on screen, like everything in my body was just like, oh god damn.
1: So yep. it's like that, and then in high school, also from Hostel, the the blowtorch to the eye scene, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got me. And even though it was like very over the top, and like you watch it now and it's like nothing that crazy, for me, I hate anything near my eyes. Like I absolutely despise it. So that specifically just struck a chord with me because <laughs> I don't even like my finger near my eyes, let alone a <laughs> blowtorch.
0: Now, is that a, a. Is Dead Space 2 hard for you to play because of that? Or.
1: It's just. It makes me. It just makes me, like, cringe. It's just, yeah. like, there's been times where it's, like, I have, like, even just, like, a little eye booger, whatever, our eyelash, and Megan will yeah. go to get it, and I just slap her hand <laughs> I'm Like, dude, what do you get away from me?
2: I had a piece of actual metal impaled in my eyeball that I had to have taken out at a place, and it was exactly those scenes in your movies basically played out in real life, like, except my eyeball was numb. They, like, numbed my eyeball, so I didn't feel anything. But, like, you could feel that you could see the needle come in, and touch the eye and you, everything went blurry and then you could just feel it like when they were like hitting the metal with the, with the needle, you could just, he- you could feel it going
1: tink, tink, <laughs> in, like Did your it, eyeball. You, you he was talking about it. I'm like, dude, stop.
2: Then they took a grinder to my eyeball because of, like the metal had been in there for so long that it rusted my like the, the colored part of my eye. So then they had to grind it down with a little like
1: grinder. <laughs> God damn it. It's like those unhinged kids in like sixth grade and stuff that would hold their eye open and poke oh, it. Oh, yeah, and poke it. It. Yeah. It's Like, dude, stop. <laughs> and then they get pink eye. <laughs> yeah.
0: See, Shannon, Shannon doesn't watch horror because he lives it. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, all right. Do, do we have a show, gentlemen? I think we do. All right. Well, then, Justin, why don't you uh, take us on in for a landing?
1: You know what, guys? Thank you, guys, for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, why don't you head on over to the Discord. You know, let us know, do you agree with our uh, companions that we added to the companion list? Do you have some that we didn't mention in our list? Hit us up on the Discord. Let us know who would you add to your top ten companion list. And while you're at it, head on over to Spotify. Give your boys a review. Let us know how we're doing. And, uh... Hey Zach, if uh Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, Hey guys, go be great.
2: And Warriors in seven.